The Renewal Singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 10, moving on to verses 5 through 10. On our previous study, taken from the opening four verses of this chapter, Matthew tells us that Jesus commissioned his 12 disciples to go out into the harvest fields. He gave them the power to heal the sick and drive out demons. He also gives us the names of these 12 men. After giving them this power, they are no longer disciples, but are now apostles. Now, in the remaining verses of this 10th chapter, Jesus prepares his apostles for the task of accomplishing their mission. He instructs them as to where they are to go, what they are to preach, what they are to expect from the people, and how they should respond to them. He tells them, they will face great opposition, and how they are to respond to those that oppose them. Now, here are verses 5 through 10 of Matthew chapter 10, the beginning of the instructions Jesus gave to his apostles before sending them out to the lost sheep of Israel. Matthew writes, Jesus sent them out with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure the lepers, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Don't take any money with you. Don't even carry a duffel bag with extra clothes and shoes or even a walking stick for those that you help should feed and care for you. The good news of the kingdom was to be proclaimed first to the Jews only. 
After his death and resurrection, Jesus commanded that the message be taken to all the nations. Now, here with our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. The king is dispatching his ambassadors. That's recorded by Matthew in chapter 10, 5 through 42. Jesus, the king, takes his 12 chosen apostles aside and gives them their dispatch orders. The orders are strange to begin with. Jesus said, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or staff. For the worker is worthy of his keep. Matthew 10, 5 through 10. Do not go among the Gentiles nor the Samaritans, Jesus said. Some feel that such a statement is so unlike Jesus that it was invented by some other person, probably Jews of the same mind as those who opposed Paul when he went to the Gentiles. Others take the view that Jesus wanted his church to be restricted to the Jews. He did not want a racially mixed group of followers. Of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Such explanations of Jesus' statement are totally unnecessary. Jesus is dispatching his ambassadors to speak for him and to carry his authority, but not to the pagan Gentiles, nor to the half-breed Samaritans yet. In the future, yes. The Great Commission, when his followers would be told to go into all the world, was coming in chapter 28, 19 to 20. First, however, groundwork had to be laid. His disciples were not ready for the pagans and the Samaritans. They should stay in Galilee for the time being. To the east were the mostly pagan cities of the Decapolis. To the west were the Gentile cities of Tyre, Sidon, and others. And to the south were the Samaritans, mostly a racially mixed people begun as far back as the coming of the Assyrians and the defeat of Samaria in 722 B.C. The disciples didn't have the background, nor the experience, nor the knowledge, nor the technique to meet the Gentiles or the Samaritans. These men did not have the training, knowledge, nor background of a man like Paul. Jesus, as a wise king and commander, knew that with the limited initial force of 12 men, the objectives needed to be limited. It's a wise leader who is able to narrow his objectives to match the capabilities at his disposal. The more limited the force, the more limited the objectives. Of course, Jesus' final objective was universal, the whole world. But to achieve that universal goal, he began with a limited goal of the Jews in Galilee. Galilee was the most international cosmopolitan area, being the crossroads for the great south, 
West and East civilizations. The people of Israel here in the North were more open to new ideas and to the new good news of the kingdom. Of course, geography wasn't the only reason Jesus issued this command. To go to Israel and not to the Gentiles nor the Samaritans with the good news of the kingdom. The reason was also theological. In the history of salvation, it was God's purpose to come as Jesus to the Jews and to offer to them their king and his kingdom. It was God's plan to establish the church first among the Jews. This, of course, is precisely what took place. In a very short time, the church literally exploded. Very shortly after the resurrection of Jesus and before the fall of Jerusalem to the Romans in A.D. 70, a large number of Israel had received Jesus as their Messiah and Savior. Recently, evidence was found of a community of 5,000 near Beersheba. The earliest church was a Jewish church, but not because Jesus was a racist. So Jesus sent out his 12 ambassadors to his people in Galilee to preach that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. The king had arrived to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the leprous, and drive out demons. Then Jesus said, Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey, or extra tunic, or sandals, or a staff. For the worker is worthy his keep. Here's how I see it. His disciples had received freely. That refers to the message or words of Jesus. God was speaking. Those words had come to them gratis. Jesus' authority and power to perform miracles had also come to them freely. Now they were to freely pass the Lord's words on to others without charge and they were to freely perform the miracles to substantiate their words. They were not to make a money-making business out of it. That's the message to the twelve. They had received without cost. They were to pass it on without charge. Some Christian workers and preachers need to hear Jesus here. However, there is a word here for the people to whom the men would minister. They should freely and voluntarily support the disciples and teachers. The disciples should not be overly consumed with material things. They were not to charge or beg. They were not to take the beggar's bag along. They should shun luxury and learn to depend on God, who would move the people to support them. But the people should support the workers monetarily and materially. So they could expect reasonable support from the people to whom they ministered. They wouldn't need an extra cloak, which was used at night when sleeping outdoors. They could expect hospitality. It should be a privilege to support the honest workers of Christ. But that support should be reasonable and not excessive. The people of God must never refuse or fail to support the workers, and that support should be reasonable, not too little and not too much. 
but the worker should avoid luxury and learn to depend on God to move people. What happens when people just aren't interested in what the Lord has to say through his chosen ones? That's next tomorrow. So, here are some practical words for both preacher and people. This is Jesus speaking to those whom he sends out. news a radio production of creative encounters our mailing address is post office box 848 chapter california 93263 usa